0: Which third-year players make the biggest impact in 2023? We're going to tell you today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land
1: of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and for free on every platform, starting and sometimes ending on YouTube, where you can like, sub, and hit the bell right now and echoing out onto the audio platforms, including... Spotify, Apple, you can give reviews over there. You can let us know what you like, what you're looking for. If you have a show idea, would love to hear it because you locos are driving us. You're our everyday listeners and we appreciate you. Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, we are always everyday. Check out another show after making us your first listen, which we do appreciate. Have another look at a Lockdown show for your next listen. We have a lot to cover today. It is about that third year group that has a lot of impact last year in a championship as well as what I expect to be A lot of impact coming up. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football.
1: And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. And we do have a lot to talk about when we get into these third-year players. And I want to clarify, it's not really necessarily the biggest players that are going to have the most impact. It's going to be who is going to take the biggest step forward. And the reason I clarify that is because I don't really know that we can throw Nick Bolton in that. I I mean, we can talk about him, but he's Mm -hmm. not going to take a huge step forward in my mind. He's well, not going to take a leap forward. That, that's,
0: that's fair. But they're, they're also getting to the point where he and Creed are approaching Pro Bowl and all pro status. So we can't, yep. I don't think we can discount them too much either. That's fair. You want to tell so them about th- our, new, our new thing that we got going? Yes, I, I would love to. We have a, a new concept in order to communicate uh, in a different way for you, Locos, your everyday listeners that want more or want to know a little bit more one on one of what we think. We have a new way that you can get in touch with us via text. All you got to do is go send a text to 816-357-8781, and you can get signed up. There's a process you'll get, uh, you get an acknowledgement back, so on and so forth. But It's a new system that we're using to communicate with the show and with our, our everyday fans. We're looking forward to hearing from you, so check that out and see what you think. I am looking forward to uh, not having to text with my thumbs every five seconds.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great. And (laughs) if you're on YouTube, the number is there on YouTube, 816-357-8781. And we'll share that a couple of times throughout the show uh, on YouTube, uh, as well as probably share it a couple of times a show over, you know, beginning and end. But let's start talking about the third-year players. And I guess let's just dive into Creed Humphrey and and Nick Bolton, because those two guys are the are the key guys. Like we're, not, we're the big guys so far right now.
0: Yeah, they're the headliners. This was the draft, if you guys remember, in 2021, where it saw the Chiefs take six players after the trades and everything else. And it was Nick and Creed in the second round at 58-63. and 63. Came back with Josh Kando at 144 in the fourth. Noah Gray at 162 in the fifth. cornell Power at 181 in the fifth. And Trey Smith, the bell of the ball, we'll talk about him later, at 226 in the sixth. A lot of good players, a lot of contributing players. Is it quite the volume that last year's rookie class was? No, because there wasn't as many players. But in terms of quality reps put onto the field, I don't think you can argue that they knocked it out of the park in their two top 100 picks, the only ones that they had, in both Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey. Nick Bolton's come along faster than I thought he would. Honestly, so is Creed. I expected him to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, but maybe not until t- towards the end of his of his rookie contract. Uh, both these guys could be all pro this season. Yeah.
1: And quite frankly, I look at this and I look at these two guys, and you're right. I mean, they didn't have a ton of picks in that draft, but I, there's no way Kansas City won the Super Bowl last year without one of or either of these guys. You take one of them off, the roster, and I don't think they win the Super Bowl. I mean, Creed Humphrey's been that key in the middle of the offensive line, and Nick Bolton's been that key in the middle of the defense as well. And and don't forget, Bolton had one of the biggest plays of the Super Bowl, and yeah, he didn't make... He, right place, right time, but still made it. You, and that's what still you got to do. You got to execute
0: game. when you have the opportunity. And that brings me to what, what is common about both of these guys. And like you said, it's hard to imagine a huge leap in performance for either of them. It is now... You know, they're ninety they're 94, 95% there. It's an incremental step forward for each of them, but it could get them to the top of the mountain in their respective positions. And for me, it comes back to the even more fundamental piece of this, and that is that they are core foundational players in the middle of the formations on either side of the ball. And if you're not talking quarterback, which everybody knows in this town, you got to c- talk quarterback. But these are guys that form the nucleus that everything else can be built around. And we've seen them do that.
1: Yeah, and they are going to continue to be built around. uh, You know, Nick Bolton hopefully is here for a very long time. Mizzou guy coming to Kansas City. I think that worked out really well for him. And obviously Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. That worked out obviously great for him. And, And Creed Humphrey was the guy I wanted in this draft class, quite frankly, Uh, just because I thought he was going to be a very good center, and that was a position that I think Kansas City had struggled at the past couple of years. Even though they won a Super Bowl without Creed Humphrey, I still think it was one of their weakest points.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's fair. And I actually had uh, he and Quinn Miners neck and neck for the top center spot. Uh, And certainly Creed has flourished with Andy Heck as his line coach. And the same cannot be said for Miners. Not only got the recognition of fulfilling potential but you've grown past that at this point, as far as I'm concerned. He's outlived my initial draft projection for him, and that's impressive. Now, you guys notice we're talking about two second-round players. The Chiefs do have a first-round pick from this draft class. They just didn't make it. We're going to talk about Kadarius Tony next. And if you were betting it was him, you were right. And if you wanted to delay that action, you could do that over at FanDuel because that's where all the action is right now, whether it's uh, the – culmination of seasons or you're just getting ready for the next round of NFL football, go get involved now. Cause it's hot. And right now they're offering you a no sweat first bet. If you go sign up as a new customer and that is you make a bet. If it does not pay off, you can earn up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets applied to your account just for making that losing bet, you get a chance to recoup. You get a chance to bet again. There's no better place to get into all the action, right, at America's number one sports book, and that is FanDuel. So right now, all you got to do is go over here. You can see it on the YouTube channel at FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can get there now at FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, the MLB, and the NFL. Now, Canary's Tony was the number 20 overall pick in this particular draft and is a uh, a third-year player. He just wasn't the Chiefs pick. So I wanted to kind of set him apart here because I believe this is two branches of the common philosophy, one that you have to make good evaluations. You have to select players that you evaluate as potential to be core players. And that's what they did with both their number twos in Nick and Creed. But you also sometimes have to take a shot at somebody that you feel can change the game for you in some way. And they didn't get him. They had some interest even uh, pre-draft, but weren't able to make that acquisition. So they come back and they get. I'm glad
1: you brought that up because that's what I was going to mention is that it sounded like they really wanted to get him in that draft. But because they traded for Orlando Brown, that wasn't an option.
0: Yeah, and and that comes back to the whole pedestal of you had to get a left tackle after the fish injury, you couldn't get Trent Williams, you had to go with your second option, that was Orlando, and poof, there went your first-round pick. Okay, so that's all a cascade of events that lead to having to pick him up on the fly when it fizzled in New York. And so you end up getting a player that you might have selected in that first round in that season anyway, and he's on the roster with two potential all-pros that were selected behind him. The question has always been with Kadarius Tony: can he stay healthy? And I will say this, um, this week we saw some footage uh, on behalf of Sky Moore, thank you, Scott, about just what their training regimens was like in April when they were down in Texas with Patrick and working out with Bobby Stroop which I did not know at the time. And that is a key thing because like we saw for George Karloftis, Bobby trains players in a way that is, is outside of the normal realm of simple strength conditioning, linear athleticism. He is much so like huge. myself. It is. He's much like myself a functional athleticism guy. He just is way better at at getting into those funky positions and using what I think are some advanced techniques in not only physical therapy, but some yoga aspects. There's all kinds of stuff in there. I wonder, and I want your opinion, knowing that Kadarius was down there and they were training with Bobby, does that make you feel like between the training staff in Kansas City and now training in a different way that maybe they can put these hamstring, in particular the soft tissue injuries behind Kadarius?
1: I'm not going to venture to, to bet on it right now. I, I, I just, I can't uh, I think that it, there's a great chance that he is able to stay a lot healthier than he has been because of both of what you talked about. The training staff at Kansas city is, is huge too. Uh, so don't take that you know for granted, but you know, what Bobby Stroop is doing and if Kadarius Tony is buying in and he's training with Bobby Stroop and trying to get as healthy as he possibly can and try to work, as much as he possibly can on on taking care of those things that are causing him issues, uh, if he can keep his flexibility, keep his quickness, keep everything, and still have the ability to do what he does on the field and stay healthy, he may be an all pro. There's nothing that that would keep him from being an all pro with this offense and him being on the field a full season. He has the ability to be an all pro because of his skill set alone, if he can stay healthy.
0: And we've heard them talk about Brett Feach, Andy Reid, Patrick. They all feel he can be a number one wide receiver. Well, yep. proof's in the pudding. You got to stay on the field, but this feels like it's gone a long way. So that's kind of like I, I wanted to save that for the second segment because it's kind of like oh, the surprise uh, dessert that you get uh, out at the buffet or whatever. Like oh, I didn't know I was well, going to get that, and, and poof.
1: Yeah, and they and they spend a third round pick on him last. Yeah. Uh, you know, they spent a third round pick so. Instead of spending a first, they spin a third, and we'll see whether or not he's able to stay healthy this season. Even if he can only stay healthy 15 games, even if he misses a couple of games, it's where he misses eight or nine. That's the problem. You get to a point where you miss more than four or five, then that becomes a problem. And I guess I should say four or five, considering how long the Chiefs usually play into, what, twenty twenty one weeks?
0: Right, and then that's what becomes the challenge. You're not just asking to play – An NFL season. You're asking to play a prolonged playoff run championship NFL season, and that's a whole different ballgame. So kudos to them. They get a a first-round talent, even on their board, with a third-round pick a year removed. That's smoking deal. Now, that's their top 100s from that draft, and they come back on day three, and they picked up an interesting player, two of them in particular that I want to talk about before we, we get to the next segment, in Josh Kando and Noah Gray, two guys that the Chiefs took higher on their boards than I had on mine, than uh, than Dane Bruegler had on his, than Daniel Jeremiah had on his. The Chiefs were out in left field on both these guys. One it's worked out for, one it has not. But I think it's still legitimate in that they made the evaluation and they felt the fit was there and they went for it. I don't know if Josh Kando stays on this roster past this season. Quite frankly, another guy from this class has outplayed him, and even after what I saw today – uh, looks to be taking another step forward, and Malik Herring. We'll talk about him later. But how do you feel about those two selections in Kendo and Gray?
1: I'm glad you brought up Kendo in this segment because I think that's a very important to talk about when you start looking at what Kansas. City's I agree. Chris uh, had a little position. position.
0: <laughs> we had a little oh, job drop out. out, out? There. Yeah, okay. tell us. Tell us what you think. So
1: I, I'm glad you brought up Kendo. What I will say is that I think the big thing with him is. Kansas City has really turned over that defensive end class over the, or the defensive end position over the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got it wrong with Kando. Maybe he's not able to translate because he hasn't so far, and, and that's possible. And if you end up wasting a fourth-round pick, you end up wasting the fourth-round pick. They bet on upside, and, and it's not paying off. But how much are they learning from that pick and other picks like it that they're using to go forward and say, okay, well, this didn't work because of this. Maybe that's how we adjust for other players in the future. Yeah, I, even, I, even failed picks, I think you learn something from and, and can help you going forward. So I think that's something to take into consideration. As far as No Gray is concerned, No Gray, I'm not going to say he's a great tight end because I'm not going to say that he's he's a good tight end. I think I think if he was in another system. Away from Kelsey, I think he could probably get six or 700 yards yeah. if he was a starter. But <clears throat> in this system, he's never going to be that guy as long as Kelsey's here. But I guarantee you this. They're going to be very happy unless in, in Kansas City If with having Noah Gray if something happens to Travis Kelsey. And I hate saying that, but the reality is he is their guy. He is going to step into Kelsey's role if something happens to Kelsey.
0: Well, and you got to hope that Jody Fortson can, can stay competitive and stay healthy as well. Yep. Um, that hasn't been the case either. So Noah Gray, I think, is serving as as the safety net that is paying off. Um, he he did make some big plays last year. Was it a ton of them? No, but he contributed in a way that I think earns not only his draft slot but keeping him on the roster.
1: He had a huge third-down pickup uh, where he skied for the ball. Yep. And if he doesn't make that catch, I, I think in the position of the game, they possibly lose that game. Or it makes it a lot harder to come back and win, at least.
0: Certainly. Well, he's not the only one that uh, was able to make some some contributions, shall we say, to a championship roster. So was the bell of the ball, the best pick in this draft class. We're going to talk about Trey Smith right after this. And when I say talk about, I mean gush. Because this is <laughs> maybe the most incredible pick that we've seen in this entire regime. And that includes Tyreek Hill who was a fifth-round pick, who was undervalued and who only the Chiefs had considered. Trey Smith was off the boards for more than half the league, according to my sources, in that draft year. I dropped him down to this area, like late, late, late third, because the medical concerns were just not something that most teams were going to be comfortable with. He's turned into another player that is just slightly behind Creed. I don't know if he's he's viable for an all-pro this year, but he certainly is deserving of a, a, a Pro Bowl nod. And I think he could get there this year as a sixth round pick.
1: Yeah. And to be clear, I think what you're saying about Trey Smith, he is a fantastic pick. He's probably, I would agree with you based on value. He is the best pick of the chiefs over the past Mm -hmm. several years, based Mm -hmm. on just value alone. That's, that's what we're talking about. Not necessarily the best pick overall, but best pick of value. Absolutely. Trey Smith is that guy. And, he stepped in and he has solidified that right guard position. And I think that gives you I think that gives you the comfort of being able to go in and even if it wasn't Joan Taylor, and I am very excited to see Taylor at right tackle. But if they would have gone out and got a, a young guy, I think Trey Smith is a guy that gives you the ability and the thought process of hey, we can stick a young guy next to him. He's going to help them and he's going to make them better. And that's saying a lot for a guy going into his third year. He's played fantastic, and I'm very glad that the Chiefs uh, medical staff was able to figure out that they could deal with what his medical issue was.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the big
1: thing. And it hasn't been an issue.
0: No, and that's the reason that he's able to produce. And Hey, let's hope that that continues. I feel very confident about that, and I think that combining with Juwan Taylor is going to be really key. Uh, So what it comes down to is in this group, Cornell Powell, fifth round pick, has been buried in the wide receiver churn that is the aftermath of Tyree Kill. Um, hasn't quite been able to catch on to like he did with Trevor Lawrence in their last year at Clemson. Um and then Josh Kando hasn't come along as well. Malik Herring has passed, and we'll talk about him and a couple of the other guys that weren't draft picks but are on this roster. I, I I feel like this is the special part. This is where you get not just good value, but like the diamonds in the rough. That's what I'm looking for. Um, top one for me. Come shane bichelle who right now is is looking and was down with patrick in april working out with them all uh i think he is a guy that is not only earning his way but but paying his weight in there i think that this is a guy i don't want to i don't want to jinx him but i think he can compete with playing gabber that's what i'm saying
1: yeah and i will say the other thing that's we ought to throw out one of the things that happened on monday was that the nfl came out and said that you can have a third qb uh, on the active roster going into games. So maybe it's possible that they'll have Michelle as, as a active QB this year. Uh, yeah. That's something that they changed in the rule book. The other rule book change, don't like. Uh, now you can flex Thursday night games week 13 through 17. So hate that one. <sighs>
0: yeah. These third-round guys will be able to deal with it, though. So yep. l- let's take a look at the last couple of guys because who's going to make an impact? We've talked about where everyone is. I'm I'm not sure – Josh Kano makes this roster. I'm not sure Colin Powell can make this roster any longer. So those are two guys that won't. But two guys that have and I think will continue to are Bichelle and then probably the magic guy right now who looks like he's surpassed a couple of guys on the depth chart is Malik Herring. Looks super fit out there from what I saw today. I think that he has an option there. And DiCaprio Boodle has played some snaps for this team and can play special teams. And we all know that they need that kind of player on this roster.
1: Yeah, they absolutely need a four core or four core special teams guy, and maybe Boodle can be that guy. And that's that would be great for them. And when you talk about Malik carrying, Malik carrying was a guy that they brought in that basically registered his freshman year or his first year in Kansas City. He did not play, he went to I think he was on pup right after they brought him in, right? So he didn't even practice until year two. Uh, So he is just now getting into a point where he's had a year in the system outside of his injury year, which I think is also big. I mean, the injury year is different than a normal practice year where you get a chance to go and practice and, and do normal things. So I think it's, it's big for him, and, and he does look great right now. The question with him is going to be, does it continue at camp? Is he mm-hmm. a guy that's going to give the tackles a hard time at camp? If he's able to do that at camp and it translates into preseason, then maybe he can make it this roster. I agree with you. I don't think Kando makes this roster. And to be clear on that, I don't really have a problem with guys in the fourth or fifth round picked three years ago, not making the roster this year. You need to continue to turn the roster. If you find somebody great, like a Trey Smith, great. Okay. Fantastic. But if they're not going to contribute and and they're not guys that you can count on, then you need to continue turning the roster. You're going to miss in the draft at times. It happens. But you got to hit more than you miss, and they definitely have done that over the past two draft classes. Three draft absolutely, classes. Or two, and if, if, two <laughs> that we can grade so far. Sorry, then we put it that way.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. It also tells you that you're continuing to draft well because you have yep. younger players that are competing with that particular player. So I, I'm with you there. Um I want to say, was Smith-Marset in this group of third-year players as well? I'm not 100% on that.
1: Yeah, I think he was uh man i can't remember when he was drafted that was the thing that i can't remember smith Marset is the guy actually that's a good question whether or not he has an opportunity to make this roster i
0: i think that he does i'm feeling pretty comfortable with it
1: definitely could, it, and that's going to be a question he was drafted in 2021 in, uh, f- 2021
0: yep yep so yep. age wise he fits right in there and and folks uh he was a fifth round pick so i should have put him in the last segment my fault. I got a little excited because you know I, I like DiCaprio. Caprio, but he was the fifth so. round
1: pick of the of the Vikings, not the Chiefs.
0: Correct, correct. So I, I think that that shows that it, just like we were just saying, not only do you have to draft well and continue to draft well, so you can compete with your your previous draft picks, but you got to keep your eyes open for who's the next guy that could come in that has made the leap with another team that maybe you feel you can round out and make into a player for this team. I think there's a lot of guys that can make that impact. We'll talk more about the wide receiver depth chart coming up in the next week or two. But I feel good about this third-year class, and I think they have a lot to offer.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that this third-year class is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think that when you get into the season, some of these guys are going to have huge roles. And, And I'm not talking about a Nick Bolton. I'm not talking about a Creed Humphrey. And really not even talking about Trey Smith. I'm talking about all the other guys that we talked about. You know, Noah Gray is going to have a big role, regardless of whether or not Travis Kelsey is playing That position is important. Uh, you know. Competing at the wide receiver spot, competing at the defensive end spot, all those spots are extremely important to have that back-end depth that can step in and compete when needed. And then you talk about Shane Buchel. If he's going to be that guy that's going to be the third QB that they keep on the roster, that's huge too. If if they believe that he can be that young QB for them, then great.
0: And Mizzou fans, don't get mad at me. I'm not saying Blaine Gabbert isn't a good player. I'm just saying Buchel continues to – to peck away and pull on there. So we'll leave it with you there today. Matt, Derek's going to join me tomorrow and we'll see where the status of the team is at OTAs. Uh, Make sure if you want to get in on this text line that we will start using here, uh, I think it's a a really unique opportunity. Text us at 816-357-8781 and get into the action. Thank you for spending your time with us today. Make sure you like and hit the bell, check out another lockdown show for your next listen. We'll be back with you tomorrow.